Hello, my name is Laura, and today we are joined by Professor Gianluca Rizzo, the editor of our newest publication, The Complete Poems of Michelangelo. Welcome, Professor Rizzo. Thank you, Laura. Good to be with you. Thank you. Um, can you briefly introduce yourself? And since Joseph Tiziani and Michelangelo uh, Buonarroti are also associated with this volume, would you like to say a few words about them as well? Sure. Uh, so my name is Gianluca Rizzo, as you were saying. I teach Italian language and literature at Colby College. I am a literary critic. I publish numerous articles and books on theater, poetry, uh, macaronic writing, both in the Renaissance and in contemporary poetry. I'm also a translator from Italian into English and vice versa, and I published uh, two books of my own verse. Michelangelo, on the other hand, hardly needs any introductions. He's, you know, as you know, one of the most beloved artists of the Italian Renaissance. Uh, however, not everyone knows that he was also a poet. And had he only written poetry, I think he would still have earned a spot in our history books. Uh, that's how good of a poet uh, he was. Uh, Joseph Tuziani uh, instead was a pillar of the Italian-American intellectual community, especially in the New York area, where he taught for several decades. Uh, he was a scholar, a poet, uh, he wrote in Italian, English, Spanish, Latin, and the Pugliese dialect of his youth. So he was very talented uh, in many different languages and a particularly gifted and prolific translator. Uh, he also authored uh, several memoirs that speak to his intellectual journey as well as his experience as an immigrant in the United States. Wow, thank you for those introductions. Um, many of the poems speak to spiritual and, and mystical nature. Is there anything in Michelangelo's life that explains this aspect of his poetry? Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on, on this important dimension of Michelangelo's poetry. Uh, yes, there is a strong tension toward the transcendental, the spiritual in his poems. Uh, Michelangelo considered himself first and foremost a sculptor, and that, that is an important detail. Sculpture could be seen as one of the most earthly uh, forms of art, if you will, uh, given that it is preoccupied with the shaping of matter, of space. And then the products of such efforts share the same uh, three-dimensional space uh, that us, the, the viewers, uh, inhabit. And yet, for the very same reasons, it can often be one of the most evocative, uh, deeply moving, and even disquieting uh, forms of art. So there is a tension there between matter and transcendence, between presence and absence, that is at the very core of sculpture as an art form. And this is something that Michelangelo takes across the boundaries that separate different art forms into his poetry. So I think part of this that you are feeling is because of this. He was a sculptor using language as if he were marble, right? Um, also, uh, we must remember that Michelangelo was a very passionately religious man. It was something that he believed very intensely and very deeply throughout his whole life. And his poetry reflects um, a struggle, a nagging doubt that he had. What if art, all his artistic endeavors, were distractions from a contemplative life 
that should be devoted entirely to the divine? What if all this concern with beauty and fame that he had was after all a sin? Michelangelo carries these doubts with him all the way to his grave. So it's something that really bothered him and comes back in his poetry. And finally, this poetry speaks often about love, as it was the convention of the time, but also because it was a central preoccupation to Michelangelo. And he had a very conflicted relationship with this feeling, in part because love for the creature um, was a distraction from the love for the creator, which should be the main goal of any pious person. And Michelangelo being a pious person, he was conflicted about this but also in part because, uh, as far as we can tell, he was gay, what he would say, we call now gay. He wrote a wonderful group of poems in death of Cecchino Bracci, who was this youth, Florentine youth, that was praised for his beauty by many uh, contemporaries. And this complicated the fact that he had um, these um, feelings for uh, men, but also women, so he would really fall under the category of queer, in contemporary uh, parlance. This complicated matters even further, adding another level of anxiety, guilt, and uncertainty to what was already a conflicted, conflicted emotional state for him. So all these levels uh, that we talked about, the sculpture part, the religion part, and the sexuality part, all make these aspiration to the spiritual very, very present in his poetry. Yeah, thank you for that, for those points. Um, given that there are many translations of Michelangelo's poems in English, why did you decide to reissue Tiziani's translations, if I may ask? Yeah, so Tiziani was an extraordinary translator. Uh, throughout his career, he was often the first scholar to bring a given text into English before his translations for many texts, there were no other English translations available. And this created for him an enormous legacy as a promoter of Italian culture in the English-speaking world. But it is also a testament to his skill and versatility as a writer in English. On a different level, and this is perhaps something that Tuziani would not agree on, but from my point of view, this is true. I believe this to be true. And that is, translation is one of the main modalities through which modernism, especially in poetry, has manifested itself. That is to say that translation is not just a secondary, ancillary form of writing in the service of the original, but is actually a genre of creative writing and a major genre when it comes to modernism. So Tuziani's Michelangelo contains as much Tuziani as it contains Michelangelo in equal parts of both. And in fact, one of the first reviewers when the complete poems of Michelangelo first came out in 1961, uh, Robert J. Clements, noted, a noted uh, Michelangelo scholar, um, wrote that um, Tuziani's translation was distinctive because uh, while Michelangelo's verse had a certain roughness to them, and that's something that Michelangelo used to his advantage, naturally, Tuziani's English translation displayed the talent of a polished technician, uh, Clemens says. 
and I think this is true. I mean, Clemens was onto something. Uh, Tuziani's verse is always very musical, is always very polished. Uh, but Tuziani did not appreciate that comment when it was made. And in fact, he wrote uh, a letter to the New York Times who had originally published the review. And that letter by Tuziani was also published by the New York Times as a rebuttal of uh, Clement's points. And now that's also something that, you know, uh, gives you an idea of how long ago this was, uh, a time that was entirely different when a translation of Michelangelo's poems could occupy the pages of a, a newspaper. So entirely different times. Yeah. Um, and as you may know, with Italian and English being radically different, do you think that this translation communicates the same thing as the original? And was that even the goal of translation? This is a very difficult question you're asking, right? What are we doing when we translate? I think that um, I'll start with the second half of your question. What is the goal, right? Well, I can see in this case at least three different goals. One, um, it's this translation is important, is an important document of a time when Michelangelo's studies were shifting into a more rigorous phase. And so it is important as a document, right? Things were changing, so we want to keep it in mind as one marker of that change suddenly all these uh, new poems that were previously not translated are available in English. But then to what you take from one translation from the original onto the translation and the point of that, uh, when it comes to classic texts such as uh, this one, such as Michelangelo's uh, Rime, uh, they are useful insofar as they generate new and ever-changing variations, translations, interpretations, and even appropriations. So uh, the point is not so much to keep it the same when it moves from one language to another, but it is to activate it, to keep it active, to keep it productive within uh, Western culture in this case. And to keep these texts alive and productive, we want to make sure that we keep in circulation as many translations as possible. And this, the Tuziani's translation, is a very good one that was previously uh, inaccessible, unavailable for way too long because it had gone out of print. And finally, uh, why to print this translation? I think this is uh, one of the high points of Tuziani's work. As I said before, the distinction between original poetry and translation is a rather misleading one, and perhaps a useless one. Good poetry is good, regardless of how it came into being. And Tuziani's translation is just excellent English poetry. It is inventive, smart, and enjoyable, and therefore, the more people can read it, the better, and that's why we keep it in print. Yeah. Okay, and since five centuries separates us from Michelangelo, what can contemporary readers learn from those poems? Uh, I would say that great works of art in general deal with key issues that are common to all humans, uh, regardless of time, because they deal with core aspects of the human experience. 
Uh, Michelangelo's poetry is no exception. We mentioned already the religious aspect, and that's something that is common to everybody. Uh, sexuality, doubt, guilt, insecurity, all these things are things that we can recognize as present to us. They resonate with our own experience. But out of all these commonalities that I can see, what I take uh, away from reading uh, Michelangelo's complete poems is a renewed appreciation for the struggle that is involved in all creative endeavors, artistic or, or otherwise. Uh, creating is always messy. Sometimes it is a brutal and bloody affair. And in fact, if it isn't messy, perhaps you're not doing it right. And Michelangelo's poetry testifies to this struggle. To me, uh, it is the source of comfort. Uh, if someone as great as Michelangelo struggled in his own artistic search, then it is no wonder that people like us uh, struggle too, even in everyday life situations. So I think that's one thing that to me sticks out and stays with me. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, thank you, Gianluca, for discussing the brilliance behind this publication. The Complete Poems of Michelangelo is out now through Agent Corp Press. You can find it on Amazon as an ebook and on small press distribution as a paperback. Thank you again. Thank you.